0: What would you do if you knew you could not fail?
1: If I knew I couldn't fail?
0: If you knew you weren't going to fail, what would you do?
1: Run for president.
0: (laughs) That's my answer, too. Hi, everybody. Today we have Janice. She is here with us talking about women in politics, and she is the mayor of Clinton, New Jersey. Uh, thank you for hanging out with us today, Janice. Thanks for inviting me. All right. Can you introduce yourself a little bit for us?
1: Sure. My name is Janice Kovach. I have been the mayor of the town of Clinton for the last eight years. I was just reelected last week. Congratulations. Thank you for my third term. Prior to getting involved in politics, I worked in the corporate world. I also ran the New Jersey Division on Women for under Don Corzine when he was governor and really got involved in politics because I didn't see women represented. Right. And that was my aha moment.
0: Okay. So when did that aha moment occur?
1: It was, let's say it was 2003. And Clinton's a small town. And one, uh, the ballots had, people were you know getting ready for elections. And there were three guys mm-hmm. running unopposed. Wow. On council. The mayor at the time had been my eighth grade social studies teacher. <laughs> so she shows you how small it really is. Yeah. And her and I'd had a conversation and something that she said, she's like, you can complain and be part of the problem or you can step up the plate and be part of the solution. Right. And that to me was the, you know what, I can do this. Mm -hmm. Most times women will say, oh, I'm not ready yet. I've got Mm -hmm. kids. I don't know enough. And you can't wait for that. You're never going to know everything. Right. It's never going to be the right time. You just have to do it. Guys think nothing about raising their hand and saying, oh, I'm going to run yes, for whatever. It's
0: my turn now. Yeah. Right.
1: Women don't do that. Mm-hmm. So that year we ran three women against three men and we won two of the three seats.
0: Wow. That's awesome. That's really cool. Especially since I feel like that was before this women. It absolutely wave. was. It was
1: 2003. And at that point in time, New Jersey, with our legislature, ranked, oh, way down in the 40s. Right. As far as having representation of women in the state house, which is kind of sad when you think about New Jersey being a progressive state.
0: Right. So, what was that kind of that decision like? Because there's that aha moment of like, oh, I could do this, right. and
1: then like, oh wow, I have to do it.
0: Yeah, like did it like fester, right? It becomes that thing you just can't. You know, it was interesting. So, one of the first questions
1: someone asked me is, what does your husband think? Oh gosh. And you know my response back was it doesn't really matter what he thinks. he's not the one running I am. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you still need family support. You of can't course. do this, especially I had young children. My youngest at the time was six months. so I had a six wow. month old, a eighteen month old, and an eleven eleven or twelve year old I think my daughter was at the time. So I needed everyone's buy-in because mm-hmm. it was going to impact all of us. Mm-hmm. But it really came down to, you know, this is something that I have a passion for. And you have to have a passion for politics right, to be able to run because you put yourself out there. And this is prior to a lot of the social media, mm-hmm. prior to that. You had the 24 by 7 news cycle, but you still had local newspapers. And it wasn't as intrusive or as invasive as it is now. Yeah. So it was it was definitely an experience, but definitely something if you want to do it, you have to just do it.
0: So what was that those first, let's see, six weeks, eight weeks of your um, when you got elected? Like, what did that look like for you?
1: So it was like I said, there was two of us that got elected and. From, the time, from November until the end of December, we had to kind of come up to speed. And I remember sitting down with the business administrator at the time. And I had heard, you know, small towns have lots of rumor mills. Mm-hmm. And he had said to us, what do you think you know? You know, how do you think you can do this? <laughs> and I said, well, first of all, I've run departments within multi-billion dollar corporations. Yeah. I, I do understand how and." entity operates i mean obviously government is a little bit different but it's not that much different that you you have to say oh well guess what you know you can't you don't know what you're doing Mm -hmm. and there's a learning curve always but one thing i did find is that the guys really don't know more than we do no they are just better at projecting their voice Mm -hmm. to sound authoritative (laughs) But when it comes down to it, and you start scratching that surface, and and this is I'm obviously generalizing, so I don't Completely. mean this about all no, men. I un, no, I understand. But the the idea that I couldn't know as much or more than some of them
0: mm-hmm.
1: at one point in time, I was like, oh, there's no, I'm never. But you realize you know what? I started reading. I started paying attention and I didn't rely on someone else to fill me in. I educated myself. Right. Which is what women tend to do.
0: Right. And it's frustrating when you have to feel like you have to work twice as hard. But to be
1: considered half as good.
0: Yeah. um, It is an uphill battle. (laughs) So then what was it like working with the other woman that got elected, right? So then was it like, well, we have two, so we're fine? Or what did that kind of look like? So
1: there were, at that point in time, that meant there were three women on council because okay. there had been another woman that was already sitting there. Mm-hmm. So there was three of us. Council is seven people. You know, so it wasn't as if we were, obviously we were outnumbered, but it Not, we still had a voice. Yeah, right. The other two, the one woman that I ran with, really good friend, grew up in town as well and wanted to give back. But for her, it wasn't the passion. You right. know, it wasn't that, oh, I've got to sit on these committees. I want to continue to learn more. She goes, you know, for her, it was, I'm going to do the job that I've been asked to do, and I'm going to do it well. mm mm-hmm but if i don't do this forever i'm okay for me it was you know i'd worked on political campaigns i've always been intrigued by politics mm-hmm. and trying to understand how you take politics and then govern cuz there's Those two different very absolutely different things you right. assume that once you all right i'm political but now Governing i have to govern is, yeah and it is it's much different so right. you know there was a learning curve we tried to make sure that we didn't interject where we really knew nothing. Right. You know, there are some people who go out there and I have all the ideas and it's got to be my way. We tried to take a step back and be respectful of the fact that there were a number of people that had been there before us. Right. We also tapped into at that point in time. So the mayor was had retired. OK. So I had coffee with her once a week and I used to sit down and kind of go through. I'm like, OK, You're you brave. know, how do you play this? I mean, she for, would forget more than I would ever know at that point in time there was she had just been doing this for so long not only had she been a history teacher she had grown up in the town and then she served as mayor for 12 years
0: right she she knew
1: Exactly. Yeah. Been there. And then it was just kind of watching the dynamics of how you go from political parties and really at a local level, you shouldn't have political parties because yeah. it's potholes, it's garbage, it's the bear that's <laughs> rummaging through the trash, it's the dead deer on the side of the road. <laughs> it's not. It's, it, it's not. Ro- I don't want to say it's not rocket science and demean it, but at the same time, it's, it's really not partisan politics. We're not making those to. policy issues. So we had to go from a two parties to a cohesive group.
0: Okay. A GROUP OF PEOPLE THAT NEEDED TO Work together. work together
1: and focus on what was in the best interest of the town. And to say that politics didn't come into it, once in a while it did. You know, budget time, it always comes in. Of course. Because now we're managing money. And I had very strong opinions and things that I had run on, mm-hmm. on what I believed should be in the budget or should not be in the budget. And so did other people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I One thing I did was I always made sure I let the mayor know at the time what I was thinking and what I was going to do. So right. if I was going to disagree or vote against something. Thing, he I never blindsided him right you know for me it was important to make sure that I had a, an open communication and and respect I mean completely these are all people I know I've known for years in some cases they're friends you need to be able to work together you don't have to agree you don't have to like the the topics of conversation that you're disagreeing on or or agreeing on but you have to be able to work together and that right. was probably the key to that year we were a little hic- a few hiccups but successful most of all
0: so then what did it look like going to from council to then mayor?
1: I left council in 2006 when I was appointed to run the New Jersey division on women. Okay, Even though there was no overlap, I one, I didn't think I could do both jobs justice. Mm-hmm. You know, for me it was I needed to put 100% focus into this division that I was running. So I, I served there until 2010 when my services were no longer required, obviously a change in administration. Mm-hmm. And then I I always say I came home. I was always home but I started paying closer attention. Right, And there were some things going on that I was concerned about. Mm-hmm. I was watching, you know, we talk about a flat budget or reducing the budget. Yeah. You cannot have a flat budget or a budget reduction without having an impact later on. Good. So it's great for one year, maybe two years, but then eventually you've now... Economics
0: of... catches up with you. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So I am I watched a mayor who I disagreed with on, on a lot of things do some stuff that I... Not unethical, but not something I would have done. So I decided I was going to run against her. And it was another woman. So, you know, this okay. was, became the interesting... It right. turned out she decided not to run when I... Did did my petition to run, and uh, they put up another, one of the former councilmen who'd also been mayor, and that's who I ran against. So, you know, and here's the interesting thing. When I ran for mayor the first time, one of the doors I knocked on, and I will never forget this, mm-hmm. a woman said to me, why don't you let Bob Smith be mayor and you can be counsel? Because, you know, this way you can do a lot of the stuff behind the scenes. But Bob's been there. He knows it. You know, he's he's a good right. guy. And and guys are better at that. So, <gasps> unfortunately, <laughs> that was hard to listen to and yeah. not respond because obviously you want to really Poker just... Face. Yes. Yeah. And we had a conversation. I said, listen, I disagree with you. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, I've run departments at major corporations. I do understand. I said, I think I bring a different perspective. I said, as women we tend to be more collaborative so i don't know whether she ever voted for me or not but i won that year and you know it wasn't a significant one i won by 65 votes Mm -hmm. but i knocked every door i did my mail pieces i made sure and again prior to social media i made sure that everyone knew why i was running and and who i was so it it, and then that transition obviously because so i was a democrat with an all-republican council
0: oh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay.
1: And they looked at me as kind of like, oh, you know, here she is. And I have been involved at the state level. I've done mm-hmm. some, not national level, but regional level. Right. So the, like, oh, here she is. You know, she's coming in to pay out her resume. She's not going to care about the town. This or... is a
0: step up to whatever right. else.
1: Right. And, you know, it took, a, it, it took probably the first six months. And the way I worked with them, again, for me, it's about collaboration. Mm-hmm. I don't need to take credit for everything. Right. And I found that working with the Republicans, if I, one, kept them in the loop, Mm -hmm. on all the discussions and everything going on. If I let them take the credit Mm -hmm. for something that we did, that was a feel good for them. It worked. And it made it easier when I asked them to do something they didn't want to do for them to say yes.
0: Right. Because you had that previous respect and understanding.
1: I I mean, I publicly used to say and this was before other Democrats got involved. For me, it's about who's going to come and give me 20 hours a week of their life because I put in probably close to 60 hours a week. I need each on each person on council to put in at least 20. And no one was stepping up to say listen we want to do it i had a group of republicans at that time who were doing the job
0: doing the job and like you said at the local level
1: it's not right it's not yeah you know we disagreed nationally on a lot of stuff but we kept it out of the council room and we made it about what's in the best interest of the town and And like
0: human beings yes wanted
1: and i gave them credit for it i didn't you know i didn't try to make it that, oh, I'm a Democrat and I'm getting all this stuff done. It's like, no, we are mayor and council getting the work done. Mm -hmm. Obviously, some of that starts to change after 2016 because now there are new people getting involved and new people energized. And that transition brought about more individuals interested in running and Democrats Mm -hmm. interested in running. And the first year... So that was seventeen. Both the Republicans that were running for re-election and the Democrats that were running for election will tell you I did nothing to help either side because for me I I struggled. Mm-hmm. I really liked the Democrats, but i had also worked with the Republicans. So you know there's loyalties right. involved, of course. And so both sides blamed me for either the win or the loss, whichever side it was. Right. Ultimately, you know the two Republicans who didn't do the work, mm-hmm. who didn't knock the doors and and make sure that people God knew who they were, it. the two Democrats won, and it was hard for them when they came in because immediately it was oh now janice has two lackeys and that's not it at all i it mean wasn't what
0: it, yeah
1: there are there's probably more discussions that take place now than there were previously right and we don't all agree on everything No. but we get to a place where what's in the best interest what's the best compromise and and being able to move forward so now the council is made up of five Democrats, two Republicans, but five women and two men. So it's the first time in the town's history we have more women than men on council.
0: Wow. wow. Yeah, That's it is a wow. Coo- That's a wow. That's yeah. pretty cool. Normally, this we would have gone much more leadershipy, but I am a politics nerd, so this is great. That's okay. <laughs> I'm loving this. Okay, so... Going back to kind of where we were mm-hmm. when I'm supposed to be talking to you. About. Gotcha. So what um, you talk about, you've always been interested in politics. So mm-hmm. where, where did that start? You know, it's interesting. I'm not positive when it started. Here's
1: what I will tell you. I wanted to be an actress growing up. Okay. And I can't sing, dance, or act. <laughs> So how do I get on the stage? You know, polit- I, I watched and I worked on you know campaigns when I was in college, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I can have the stage and the microphone, and oh, it's all mine. This is fun, and I get right. to be me. I don't have to be someone else, right? And I love to be able to speak to groups. I'm passionate about the work that I do. I know not everyone is, but to be able to talk to people who are interested in some of the same stuff, right. you know, especially to be able to talk to young people to kind of steer them if they're thinking but not right. quite sure. But yeah, that's really. No specific time it's just i got my stage and my microphone
0: and the, and i don't think you got the bug i got the, the bug. bug yes you got the bug it's a yeah it's a bug 100 percent. it really is once you get a taste it's just like right yeah yeah and it's that's right why there. i could
1: never go back and be on council it's like i can be the mayor and
0: yeah once you get a taste of it it's hard yeah. to go back and once you start paying attention Yes.
1: It's like the movie The Matrix, which you're probably too young. No, I know. But you take the red pill or the blue pill, and the one pill takes you back to oblivion, and the other pill, you know, you see what's going on. And once your eyes are opened, you can't not see it.
0: Exactly. So you've always been interested in politics, but Mm -hmm. what are the, like, sort of stereotypes, right? There's this stereotypical politician that Mm -hmm. most people think of what was that that you found like was not true or was or what was that kind of wrestling with either this is the what i was afraid of happening or not at all
1: so women in politics are still we're still in the minority of course and and women will always be a minority because it's the only group with no men
0: it's just kind oh, of. A, I've never heard that before, but that's fantastic. <laughs> I forget
1: who who that who said that, but someone I remember listening to said, and it was a woman speaking at one of right. our events, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you're probably right. Unfortunately, yeah. but there's this expectation that women can't do this job. I mean, we saw it in 16 with the presidential election. Yeah. Take the, the personalities out of it. But when you look at the states, the East Coast and the West Coast, we could see a woman right. running. The middle
0: part of the, the country. The middle part of the country, it was very difficult.
1: They're not ready for that. I mean, you got five states that are your swing states Michigan right. Ohio Wisconsin Pennsylvania and Florida
0: and I was in Illinois during the 2016 election I so, remember this very clearly you know that watching was my, yeah. them
1: I don't know that it happens you know right. and, and I don't know that the right or wrong I don't know that we're ready for it yet mm-hmm. you know that may change I hope it does in my lifetime I hope I get to see you know the first woman president but the stereotype is a white man right you know it's and it's hard for minorities as well you mm-hmm. know I see them and I think what's saying. Is that we are tagged with our either our gender or our race. Right. Right. So I'm introduced as the female mayor. So usually if a guy if a male, if a guy's introducing me and they're a mayor and I will turn and say, Well, are you the male mayor? Well, no, I'm the mayor. So am I. It's gender right. neutral.
0: It's gender neutral. It has
1: nothing whatsoever. My ability to, to govern is not driven by my gender.
0: Right. How I
1: govern may be driven by my gender. Right. But my ability You're... to do it is not. Right. But unfortunately it does.
0: It does. You know, right. I
1: have I have mayor plates on my car, and I think I said this that day at the, mm-hmm. the session. I have people, young people, ask me where my husband's the mayor. And when I say he's not, I am. Now, granted, I, I will have purple hair. I'll have rainbow hair. I don't dress in a uniform of what they expect, you know, the, type, the dark right. suit or anything like that. But that's the one thing that I've learned is if I need to be, I need to be true to who I am. And that's how I govern vast is, is who I am. And right. that's what I, be, that's how I try to get people to think about things, you know. Don't think you have to fit a mold. You have right. to break the mold. Because, and someone once said this to me, well, if I run for mayor, I can't be you. I don't want you to be me. No. You have to be you.
0: Well, and if the mold is historically white men, then that mold isn't it's not for you. Right, it's not for me. That mold doesn't fit no so don't try to make it fit
1: so that's why we need to you know make sure that everyone understands everyone has the ability if you have the passion for it it's not driven by anything we just elected to counsel our youngest council person ever he's 22 22 or 23 years old you know i'm excited that someone that young is interested and wants to be involved then you have the other side of it so there's no life experience
0: right but maybe that brings
1: right maybe that brings a different perspective mm-hmm You know, and maybe it draws more younger people in because Mm -hmm. they see that someone's they've got a voice at the table.
0: And it maybe takes away from some of the complacency. Yes, absolutely. So I want to ask about I wasn't planning on this, but I want to ask about what it looked like when council went from all men to when you were mayor, right? It went from Mm -hmm. all men to more women. Right. And what did that dynamic look like? Because unfortunately, there is a dynamic change. There really is. I mean, it's and it's hard to handle sometimes.
1: So I had four men on council when I first became mayor that unfortunately called themselves the Cobbs, (laughs) and they were proud of that title. I I mean, and that was hard because I needed them to see beyond that. Like Mm -hmm. they took pride in being cranky and crotchety. Oh geez, okay. and and we'd sit in council meetings sometimes, and if someone started to to talk, you know, audience members started to talk too long, they'd be like, "Okay, you need to, you know, right, wrap it up."
0: Mm-hmm. And like,
1: you can't, you can't force people to to tie something together when they've got to get it out, right? So I think their patience was less than what we see now. I think the council is much more open to listening than than previously, and I, and again, it's not a negative to them. No. It's that environment that they were in, right? So it's how does that all kind of play and um, you know we just adapt to it as the mayor and as the leader it's I need to to adapt to everyone's style because if I try to force everyone into my style we get nothing done right so I need to understand what drives each of the the individuals that sit with me on council what are their passions what do they want to focus on give them the flexibility to focus on what's important to them while at the same time kind of pulling it all together and it's there are days it's like herding cats and then there are days it's a well-oiled machine that I just
0: there are good days and bad days
1: Yes, I look at it and go, this is why we do this.
0: So what would you say your leadership style is then?
1: I am much more about including everyone in the conversation.
0: Right.
1: I will drive the conversation and drive the agenda, but I am not so set that I can't change a position when it's called for.
0: And have you always been like that? Or is that like a learning with your time in politics that you had to figure out how to do that?
1: Combination of both. I think I've always been about collaboration. I never like to be left out of something. Could be that wanting to be the actress. (laughs) So I assume that people don't want to be left out of discussions. And it's hard to make a decision or to vote on something if you don't have all the information. Right. Because I can regurgitate this stuff over and over so many times. I, I forget once in a while that not everyone has delved as deep into it as I have. Right. So I make sure that I spend time, that they're aware, that they understand, you know, the pros and cons of both sides. Right. And then, you know, work to bring us to a consensus. And
0: then they, of course, respect the decision that you have to make, whether it's difficult or not, because you've included them in the conversation.
1: It's important for everyone to be a part of it. You know, they were given a seat at the table by the voters. So they need to know what the conversations is. Have I made decisions without including counsel when I've had to do it quickly? And then I make sure everyone's aware of what's gone on. But I don't think I've ever surprised anyone with anything. At least I hope I haven't.
0: Right. That's a good place to be. So what was like the toughest lesson that you've had to learn? since your time in politics?
1: I think the toughest is probably social media has put us out there right so much more you know and what i've yeah. learned is if i put out something that we're discussing out on social media and give updates or if i respond to updates it saves a lot of aggravation later on at the same time it's also easy for people to criticize right especially when you can do it anonymously so it's learning to kind of separate that out and and this election this past election was probably the hardest one i've ever experienced and i say that Why? because it's a we're again a small town it is mm-hmm. an off-off year the Republicans, rather than running on a platform, it was everything I do wrong. But it was a misleading because it was talking about, you know, two pieces of property that are privately owned. I have no control over. I've worked a long time to try and get something there. But again, it's private property.
0: They were running on the platform of they're not you.
1: Right. And tying me to the national to the state politics, because, you know, I will proudly say that I have good working relationships with the senator's offices, with the congressman's office, with the governor's office. And I had good working relationships with the governor's office when I was a Republican governor. Because ultimately, if I'm not out there advocating for my community, then I'm not doing my job. So I think that's the hardest is it becomes a popularity contest rather than what's in the best interest of the community.
0: It's a hard place to be in.
1: Yes, and, uh-huh. and having done this, you know, I, I've run for council, I've run for state assembly, I've run for Congress. This was the hardest election, and this was just wow. a local mayor's race.
0: On an off-off
1: year. On an off-off year. Yes. But we wound up with 50% voter turnout. That's not bad. That's pretty good, considering pretty good. I think overall, at the state level, it's under 30.
0: Yeah, that's pretty, it's a good turn. For an off-off year, that's a pretty right. big turnout.
1: So it showed people were engaged in, in local politics.
0: You care, they care. Mm-hmm. So talk about one of your, I know you've mentioned a little bit, You worked in the corporate world. Mm -hmm. So you talk about some of your early, right? You didn't just care about politics and then become mayor or become council. Like, what were some of those early leadership things that you did that kind of brought you to the place that you are now?
1: So, you know, a couple of things. High school, I was in, I think now they call it the FFA. We used to call it Future Farmers. Yeah. So I live in Huntington County. I had horses growing up. I was involved with the local chapter. And then I got involved at the state level and became state vice president. And I learned Probably that was the first learning experience of what not to do as a leader.
0: Oh, gosh. What what did you do? (laughs) It was
1: more of talking at rather than listening. As a leader, I think the most important thing to do is to listen and to hear. So, and I have kids, so I a lot of times it's talking is white noise to me right. because they're always just kind of talking in my ear. But it's really, really important to understand what someone is trying to say to you right. and asking questions to make sure you understand because you have a responsibility to understand it. They have a responsibility to communicate, but you also have that responsibility. It's a two-way. So learning that was definitely one of the hardest experiences because I I was state vice president. I knew everything. Right. I got elected state vice president. You know, why do I have to listen
0: to someone else? There's a running joke amongst my friends that that people get positions and suddenly assume that yes you wake up one morning with all of this more knowledge right yes you have this new thing you can say that you ha- are yeah you have you yeah, have no. a new title and that doesn't come with a new encyclopedia no. amounts of information
1: there's no guidebook that but tells we- you
0: tend to think that, you know, I get a position, I must know exactly how to do this job. Absolutely. And you see some,
1: especially in corporate, you know, you see people get promoted And it's not that they can't do the job, but they've done a really good job at whatever their current job was. Right. Doesn't necessarily mean they get promoted and and it works well in a leadership role. Because, you know, you now have responsibility for people. That's the hardest part. You know, I have responsibility to the employees of the town of Clinton, but also to the 2,700 residents in the town of Clinton. And they are all going to let me know if I'm not doing the best (laughs) job possible.
0: And, of course... Unfortunately, they don't let you know if they like what you're doing. No, right. Some do every once in a while. Every once in a while, but you know, most it's nice to get time. those.
1: Yes, and I like again. It's all about communication. It's making sure they understand exactly what's going on. Some stuff, I, you know, anything that's in litigation, we make sure that they we share what we can. We also do town halls so that people have an opportunity. We did a town hall on on marijuana. We did a town hall on affordable housing so that everyone has an opportunity to speak and to be heard. And that's probably the The best advice if you want to be a leader is you got to listen.
0: Got to listen. Shut up and listen. If you're talking, you're not listening. True. So one of the questions that we have to answer when applying to this program mm-hmm. is who is the person that exemplifies outstanding leadership to you?
1: Oh, there's so many. You know, I think because there's different parts of my life mm-hmm. that, you know, in, in different opportunities. So um, as mayor, I would say it was Allie my the former mayor and my former social studies teacher. <laughs> she had a way of getting me to do things even when I swore I wasn't going to. <laughs> she used that teacher voice on oh, me. Oh, man. So she was definitely one. When I worked at Purdue Prudential, I had a boss and Patty was, would eat, sleep and breathe the job. I mean, right. she was totally on all board on. with it. Her and then there was another woman, Marta McDowell, who I also worked for her at Prudential. And it's like all these different people taught me something different.
0: You get little nuggets of information.
1: So there's so many people that have been out there that have really played a significant role in in kind of creating who I am. I I, I even I'll give credit to my ex-husband. You know, I'm a survivor of domestic violence. So, you know, from that you learn a new skill set. So while it was a horrible experience in the long run, it also helped me kind of discover another piece about myself.
0: What would you do if you knew you could not fail?
1: If I knew I couldn't fail?
0: If you knew you weren't going to fail. You
1: do. Run for president. <laughs>
0: That's my answer too. <laughs> it's always. My husband would
1: disagree with that,
0: but it, it seems like the yeah, my, go I go big like, or go home. I'd like the job, but the getting elected part, yes. <laughs> the whole yes. that whole thing. <laughs> yes, your right? life out there. Your life out there. People that spend thousands of dollars for you to fail. Yes. <laughs> so okay, um, this is our my favorite funny question. What if you have to write a book about your life? Mm-hmm. What would the title be?
1: Your Seat at the Table or My Seat at the Table. My
0: Seat at the Table. That's a good one. So then what's the title that the publisher rejects? What's the one that you give them and they're like, mm, maybe not?
1: My Backyard, you know, because everything's local.
0: Everything's local. Of you course. know,
1: and you have to work, work within your circle of influence. Because mm-hmm. when you start small, that's how you broaden
0: it. Of course. What is the best advice you've ever received?
1: Don't take yourself seriously. Y- you know, you have to be able to... You have to be able to live life, right, and enjoy what what's happening around you, and not get so caught up in. And I, and I, honest, I lost a little bit of that during the the last couple of weeks of the election because not knowing and listening to you know some of the rhetoric, I lost that about it. So it, it's a reminder you have to do it. You have to every single day, right. and really be you know focused on finding the good, right. And everything.
0: And our final question that we always ask is, Who? what are some books that you've read or podcasts that you listen to with different thought leaders in the field?
1: So I've listened, I can't even think of like one particular podcast, but the one book that I think helped me the most, and this was at a time when I was going through my divorce, was Stephen Covey's First Thing First he is just and and I used to listen to that to that on tape. I listened to The 7 Habits of Highly Effective People Fantastic and it wasn't book. yes. and it wasn't just about what he was saying but how he was saying it. You know, right. he truly believed in everything that he said. And I think that's really for me that was that was an aha moment because it helped me kind of focus myself. I right. I was so scattered and he really just kind of brought it back. And, you know, it was a loss when he passed away. Mm -hmm. But every once in a while, I'll pull up something, you know, that he's done just to remind myself and go back to it.
0: Um, And what is your advice for undergraduate leaders?
1: Stay involved, stay passionate, and don't let anyone talk you out of doing what you think you want to do. You know, you can, you really, you can be anything and you can do anything. And I think believing in yourself mm-hmm. is that first step. Yeah. No one's gonna believe in you unless you believe in yourself. Even if you're a little like hesitant about believe.
0: You gotta yeah. you'll
1: you'll get to where you need to be. Make it may it take it. a couple of steps, um, and it's a lot of hard work, but it's always worth it in the end.
0: Well thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for, for inviting fantastic. me.